Welcome to the Strong John Fitness Podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you achieve your best body without the BS. We'll cover training, nutrition, basically everything you need for a successful fitness journey, and we'll have some fun along the way. I'm your host, John Vlahoinakos. Let's get into it. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. We are talking to Brooke Rosenfeld. She's a registered dietitian specializing in weight loss through a flexible dieting approach. Brooke and I connected through Instagram, which is how I meet, honestly, most of these amazing coaches that I get to talk to. Um, We're very similar, I think, Brooke, in in the way we kind of approach nutrition and fitness and weight loss. Um, But I want to get you on here just to hear your experiences and, and if you have any tips and strategies that you use that maybe I hadn't thought of, but, um, before we get into all that, I just want to quickly thank you for taking the time and coming on the podcast today. And John, thank you so much for having me on. I've been following you for a while now. I love your content. I love your podcast and I love your message. Um, I think that your message is very relatable and I like the way that you communicate complex things to general population, make it easy to understand for people. And I don't know, I just really like the way that you communicate the message with people a lot. Thank you. Thank you. I really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. And I feel like of course. I've made my mistakes in the past and I think I take it upon myself to help people avoid the same things that I face. And I'm sure you might, and we could talk about, you know, if you face a similar thing, but I think weight loss and the, the whole industry as a whole is like, it's, it's made to be more complicated than it actually is. So I think that's what I try with my content to kind of just simplify it where it's like, you don't need to worry about so many of these other variables that are always being talked about. It's literally just like honing on a few things. And I'm going to love to hear kind of how you approach it as well. But before we get into all that, I'd love to know what brought you into the industry. Like what was the process of you getting your registered dietitian and, and all that sort of thing? Take us through. All right. So, I mean, I grew up with a mother who was very much into fitness and nutrition, um, always had my brother and I outside playing, like she always emphasized that with us. Um, So we grew up eating lots of vegetables and fruits and it, and also she would incorporate more fun stuff. I like to call them fun foods into our day to day as well. So I never felt like anything was off limits. Um, I never felt, I I felt like she set a very good example for us as far as like, you know, providing an environment where, you know, I, I never felt like anything was going to affect me negatively when I ate it. And I know that a lot of people growing up, like their mothers may have been on God knows what diets and it kind of made them feel bad for eating certain foods. And I think that my mom just set a really good example for us. Um, She would wake up in the morning. She would walk every single morning while we were sleeping. I would come downstairs. We'd have like, you know, she'd have a nice balanced meal for us always with some kind of vegetable and fruit. I don't know. So I think a lot of the reason why I got into this field was because of her. Um, And also when I was about 12, 13 years old, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. So getting that diagnosis kind of made me had to, you know, pay a a lot closer attention to what I ate versus like most people. Um, And it was funny because my doctors at the time basically told me that I can't eat all the things that I eat now. Like they were like, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. So I had to learn what worked best for me and how to manage my condition and exercise and nutrition is, you know, super helpful as far as managing that condition. And I've been very fortunate, John, that I haven't really had many flare ups throughout this entire time that I've had it. Um, And I never really knew that you could make a career out of like, you know, my passion for nutrition, I didn't really know that I could do that. So I kind of just, when it came to choosing what I wanted to major in in school, I decided, oh, I'm going to be a history teacher. And then I had toyed with the idea of like potentially doing interior design. And I was kind of all over the place, but always had this passion for nutrition. And Mm -hmm. I 
But again, I was like, I didn't know that I could, you know, become a dietitian. And then I had kind of, and I don't remember exactly how I realized that I could go to school for nutrition. So I ended up changing my major. I went back to community college to take all the prerequisites I needed to be accepted into school to do dietetics and applied to Rutgers University, got my degree there for dietetics. So I could, you know, take the exam eventually after doing my internship and all that. So here I am. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. For, for those who don't know what it is, can you explain what uh, colitis does to the body? Yeah. So it's your like gastrointestinal tract, um, your colon, uh, like you can have lots of really not so pleasant symptoms. Like essentially, like if you're going through a flare, it could make it so that <laughs> essentially everything you eat, not to be TMI, but mm. like comes out quite oh, quickly it's like, it's like in, in and out. Yep. It yeah. could be quite horrible. Um, mm. but some people have it really bad. I've been very fortunate in the you know sense that it's been a pretty mild case. Some, for some people, it could be very debilitating. Mm. Um, so again, I'm very thankful, uh, for that. Um, and it's managed with very little medication at one point, John, I was taking almost 20 pills a day and wow. now I'm only on four. So wow. I'm very grateful That's for amazing. that. Yeah. yeah. Is that, is that just, I don't want to say genetics, but like, is that because of how you've been eating over the last little while? Or is that just because it just kind of got better on its own? How did you approach that? Um, honestly, I can't, I, I know that some people are more like genetically predisposed to getting colitis. I believe, I don't know too. I should probably know more about the condition since I've had it for so long. Um, but I do think that you know, regular physical activity. I mean, even if you don't have like a condition like I do, just like moving around in general can totally be helpful with getting things moving in your digestive tract. Like I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, like I'm a huge proponent of walking. Like I love to walk and I promote it with all my clients. Um, and I think not only does it help with your digestion and all that, but with managing stress and just making you feel so much better in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, as well as like maintaining and achieving a healthier weight, it's just so good to especially do it outside. Yeah. You know what I mean? And get the fresh air and all that. Yeah. So I think a lot of the condition guests, like I try and eat lots of fiber to like, you know, with the new, the nutrients and yeah. like to keep things moving in the digestive tract, but also the regular movement I think is super helpful too. I love it. Yeah. The, um, the walking, the walking thing is interesting. I, I was doing a bunch of IG lives with, with coaches over the last, I think month now, and we talked about walking a lot. And I feel like it's something that people completely overlook because it does sound like it's too easy to do or too simple or I know they're like, that's it. I'm it's like, not, yeah, it's yeah. not hard enough. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be hard all the time. I think that's, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, when it comes to working with clients, is, is walking, like talking about walking and getting out of a habit. Is that one of the first things you do? Oh, that is like, absolutely. One of the things that I focus on, I always want to know how their steps are. My clients will like send me screenshots of their, like their steps and stuff like that. And I get so excited because I think that, yeah, like you said, people are like, Oh, walking like, Oh, like that's so easy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it is so easy, but it does so much for you mm -hmm. and anyone can do it. You don't need a gym membership. I mean, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. People think that this whole weight loss thing needs to be so complicated and like what specific supplement should I take? And, you know, like they think they should be doing these crazy exercises today. I was looking and I don't know why I did this to myself, but I went on liver Kings Instagram. Yikes. Have you ever looked at his Instagram? <laughs> a couple times, yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh. He was eating an actual, like, like a cow tongue that I think was raw. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh my God. And then, you know, people see things like that. People are on the checkout lines at the grocery store and they see those magazines, like Women's World or whatever. And it's like, this bread will boost your metabolism by 900%. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah. 
So no wonder people are confused, John. I mean, the, the virality of, of what fitness is becoming is, is incredibly frustrating because someone like you will put out an amazing piece of content and it won't get anywhere even close to what some stupid kind of fitness viral thing is happening, which really helps nobody. Like literally like the the stuff I've seen lately is people, some guy was riding a bike while he was hanging from a squat rack. I saw that. Yeah. I'm like, what the (laughs) hell is going on? So it was like, it's all fun and stuff. But at the same time, like when this stuff goes viral, imagine people who are scared to go to the gym, they're like, they're intimidated by the gym, but then they're seeing Uh, this and then they're going to assume that that's normal, like gym culture. That's kind of thing where people don't really think about like what, what these posts are doing for the general public. And yes, some of the posts aren't made for them. And that's, I understand that. But at the same time, it, it's, it becomes like the fitness industry has to be one extreme or the other extreme, or it's like this big spectrums of things where everything happens are on the outside. Whereas yeah. all the things you need is kind of just right there in the middle, that little tiny kind of spectrum there where yes. you and I kind of live in the Instagram world. Well, yeah. And I think that so much of what we do and please like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I pretty sure you're, you'll agree is that we're just like constantly trying to tell people like, whoa, no, like it's really a lot more simple than that. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of what I do, something else actually, before I go there Mm -hmm. is when I was talking about people being confused, I find it so funny. And I don't know what it's like in Canada, as far as like health classes when you're in school and stuff. But I literally had, I can remember maybe one health class in like our elementary school years. And then Mm. maybe like in middle school, I had a health class that was taught by my gym teacher that looked like Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I don't know (laughs) if you've ever seen that cartoon before, but he would like read from a textbook that was probably like 80 years old. And like, you know, we would be in there like throwing paper at each other and like passing notes and no one's paying. And he didn't know what he was talking about, but like, it it upsets me that there's not more of an emphasis placed on teaching people from a young age, like how to like properly eat and how to like, you know, exercise and like what we should do to take care of ourselves. So then we're out in the world and we're just bombarded with all this BS. Mm -hmm. So to me, I feel like a big part of our job is to kind of like help people like learn, like how to care for themselves, like forever, obviously, you know what I mean? I always tell people, I don't want you to have to pay anyone ever again to teach you like how to take care of yourself as yeah. far as, you know, like your health and fitness and stuff like that. Like, I just want you to like learn now and put mm-hmm. the time in now. And then, because I mean, they don't get a chance to learn that stuff unless you actively seek out being educated, like you and I, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's just. It took me years of frustration to finally get to that point of like, I need to learn this for myself. And I'll give you a perfect example because you brought up education. So here in Canada, it's kind of the same. What bothered me was I was, I'll call myself a late bloomer. I didn't know what I wanted to do as a late teen. Uh, I played hockey. I was like, let me just, let me see where I can go for hockey. How far before I go into post-secondary education, I didn't go anywhere. I went into a general arts program for college until I finally figured out like a couple of years later, like, I really like this nutrition and fitness thing. I want to be a trainer. Went to college for that. My nutrition class in college was terrible. Was in, It was college and I was so upset. Here I am. I think I was like 22, 23. Everyone starting the class was like 18 because it was their first year in college. Yeah. I already had years of reading and experience under my belt. And then I had to go to the nutrition class and learn about the dirty dozen, quote unquote, and a whole bunch of other myths about food. And I was like, this in the Canada food guide don't even get me started about the food like it just all of this crap I'm like what am I doing here like this professor can't teach me anything and I'm not trying to sound arrogant or like a dick but at this point I'm like if you're gonna try to tell me to stop eating strawberries I'm gonna friggin lose it because of the dirty dozen yeah so like that's my aside story about like education in in uh nutrition here in Canada sometimes it's like it was I was upset like it was bad (laughs) Oh, I mean, I can say the same thing for like my schooling when I actually went to study nutrition. Honestly, I learned a lot of what I feel that I've learned about nutrition wasn't even really in 
school. Like it, like I found Lane Norton, like many years ago, mm. like I was like, you know, I, I was always following him and like reading his stuff and things like that. Um, I actually had gotten a certification from Precision Nutrition because I had been a big fan of John Berardi yep. um, and, you know, his perspectives. Um, and it really is a shame though. Like, and I, when I went to school, it was so focused on helping people in a clinical setting, mm. which I did work in for about 10 years. Um, but you can't really make as much of an impact as you can with people who are living out in the world. Like yeah. when you're working with people who are at the end of their life, don't get me wrong. It's very rewarding. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's much different. Um, and again, like, you know, at that point in someone's life, like if I'm 90 years old, I'm going to eat ice cream for every single meal Yeah, and I don't want to hear it. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough, right? Cause like what you're doing now, and I'd love to talk about your shift and how you went away from the clinical to start, I'm assuming your own business is, is we want to do more preventative care, I guess is the word you can use. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, like you said, like if, when I'm a, when I'm an old man, like I look to my grandfather, he's witty. He likes to cook. He, he's doing his own thing. I want to be that old man. Just like, I'm going to do whatever I want. Like I've lived 80 yeah. years on this, on this planet. Like if I want to have donuts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'm 80 years old, man. Like <laughs> you're not going to tell oh, me yeah. nothing at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what transition, like what made you kind of make the shift from where you were at in the clinical to starting your own business and, and being more preventative? COVID. Really? <laughs> yep. Okay. So when COVID hit, I was like, I'm not going into that environment. Like mm. it, because at first I was like, oh my God, like I have like an immunocompromised, like whatever. Like I was like, what's going to happen if I get this? You know, like I was scared. Mm. Um, so I transitioned out of that environment and started working for myself. And I mean, I had always kind of felt like that wasn't where I wanted to be anyway. So mm -hmm. I guess with like, you know, um, I made a not so great situation, a situation that benefited me. And I tried to like, you know, shift it. So yeah. here I am. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I mean, yeah. I, the way, so the way you're saying it, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm in the same boat is the last two years have been crazy to say the least like i don't like using that word but there's been a lot of negativity so it's yeah. almost like if you've had a good last two years you almost feel bad expressing that mm -hmm. oh, right? interesting yeah and i like the last two years have been the best years of business i've ever had that's awesome i've had like my family's grown like it's it's been a, a time of growth and i'm not trying to brag i'm also not trying to make other people feel bad but you know i'm proud of what i've done and i think for you brooke it's you made a choice for yourself because at the end of the day, nobody's gonna make the choice for you, right? It's either you have to make the decision or you'd probably be still stuck there or maybe you would have got COVID or you know what I mean? Like, who knows? Up. So I think be yeah. proud of the choice. Like, I know it's kind of scary kind of think like, yeah, like COVID was a good thing for me. It sounds kind of arrogant because of all the suffering people had, but I think situationally, we'll have to kind of focus on what we need to do for ourselves first, because if, if we don't, who's going to take care of us? After. Absolutely. No. Right. And I don't think it's arrogant at all. I mean, like, it's great that you're, you know, saying that these last two years have been great for you for your business. And like, I feel like, yeah, there's definitely been some tough pockets like for mm -hmm. me, but like overall, I feel like I'm so much stronger than I was. And I'm really pleased with the way things are right now. I mean, and I'm getting to do something that I love and look forward to like John, one of my clients to me said she's from California. She's like, I'm going to make it so that I can come meet you like within the next couple of months. Amazing. Like, like, do you know how happy that makes me? That's amazing. You know, like it's, I, I started crying almost like it was like super touching, you know, yeah. like, to be able to have those kinds of relationships with people, you know, and again, working in a clinical setting, you do develop similar types of relationships but this mm. is like you know and I'm sure you hear this too like when people say you know they message you oh I just ate like such and such like for the first time and I didn't feel guilty at all and like yeah. you know um 
this was the first holiday season that I didn't gain weight, Mm -hmm. you know, like things like that, like that's really powerful. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure you hear that all the time too. And like, that makes me feel so good. It's the best part of the job. Like the, like, and anyone who hasn't run their own business before it's tough. It's lonely. It's, it's frustrating at times. Like you, sometimes you feel like you can never stop working but the minute you get a happy text message from a client, like your whole day shifts. Like someone said, like they they rocked a bikini for the first time in, in a decade. I'm like, that makes me the happiest person ever. Because I think what people don't understand about coaches such as yourself, we care about your results more than you sometimes. No yep. bullshit. Like we, <laughs> if you're winning, we're winning, obviously. So if you're smiling, we're smiling. I think Brooke is explaining like, that message from someone who wants to come see you from California to Connecticut, like that's, it's a big deal. It, it's, it's like, I can't even explain. Like when she told me, she was like, no, don't cry. I'm like, I just like, I don't know. It just means so much mm-hmm. to me. Um, and, you know, I think something else that I wanted to talk about too, is like something that I feel I do often. And I'm sure you do too Mm. is when people feel like they're not doing well but they are actually doing awesome and you kind of get to spin that for them and get Mm. them to see things in a different way and they're just like oh my god like I had this one lady recently and she has been kind of staying where she is for quite a while now, but also her life is like kind of being flipped upside down right now. She might move to another state. You know, she hasn't been feeling well, things like that. Like she's had some health issues. And I told her, I was, I was talking to her yesterday and I was just like, I was like, dude, like your weight is stable. You're not gaining like in the past, like, you know, maybe when people were having some tumultuous times in their life, like maybe their weight would start to creep up but I always like to emphasize with people I'm like the fact that you're maintaining is so huge and they're like oh yeah I never thought of it that way I'm like Mm -hmm. yeah do you know what I mean like that to me is like that's so important um so yeah I don't know where where I started going no I love that yeah I think it's it's you're you're shifting you're shifting people's mindsets about things And, and that brings us back to what we were talking about at the beginning like we're so programmed to think a certain way about weight loss, about nutrition, about fitness. Like we always have to be losing or or we're not doing well. You know, if the scale doesn't move for two weeks, it doesn't mean you're not doing well. Maintenance is not a bad thing. Um, And I think sometimes it just takes a lot of reprogramming on our end to just help people see like, yeah, you maintain your weight for two weeks, but you also, you could have gained weight over the past two weeks or like, look at what your life has been like for the past two weeks. Like the fact that you, like you said, you didn't gain is huge. I think that's, it's so overlooked because we get focused on what the goal is, what we want to see at the end. And I guess sometimes people feel like if it's not heading in that direction, like clearly then we're stuck, but you're helping them see that that's not really the case. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's always important to remind them, like, do you remember where you came from? Do you Mm. remember where you started? Do you see all the progress that you've made? And the fact that this same woman, she didn't track her food like all last week. Yeah. But the fact that her weight like basically stayed where it is, I'm like, you are making probably much more overall balanced choices and you don't even realize it. Do you know what I mean? And to me, I tell people, it's like, you know, there's, there's no like perfect targets and stuff, you know, for you to hit. So to me, tracking is so important as far as just like learning how to balance out your plate Mm -hmm. so that you're getting adequate protein and stuff like that. And you're learning the proper portion sizes for your body, your needs, whatever. Um, so I think that, and I love tracking for that reason. And, you know, it's more so like the awareness and education component that you don't get like, like, how are you supposed to learn how to eat for you, your individual needs? Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Tracking is, is a skill building exercise. That's how I I position it for people because it's, if you, if you download a meal plan or if you hire a quote unquote coach who gives you a meal plan, not a coach, um, you're not learning anything. You're learning to follow 
a meal plan. So it's the same thing of like when we were in school, and I'm sure everybody did this, you cram for that test and you memorize as much as you could. You finish the test. As soon as that test was finished, you forgot everything you just <laughs> I did that. I've done that. Yeah, no shame. Um, meal plans are the exact same thing. You're, you're just focused on like, hey, what am I eating? What am I eating? What am I eating? Not learning anything about portion sizing, satiety. How are you feeling? How's your energy? It's just like, no, I'm going to eat tilapia six days a week and broccoli. And then, and then I'll be good after 12 weeks. Well, like, no, it's something that I've, I've really, in the language I use with people on their first calls, I, I, I tell them like, I'm, we're taking back the term meal plan. Cause I think it gets a bad rap for various reasons. Mm-hmm. I'm helping you build your own meal plan. You're going to pick foods you like. I'm going to help steer you in kind of the right directions for proteins and, and vegetables, fruits. But at the end of the day, if you're creating a meal plan that you enjoy, it's not a meal, it's not a diet. You just, you're eating, which is what Brooke, that's what we're after. Yes. And that's why I love your messaging so much because it, it is so similar to mine. I feel, um, you know, I'm constantly seeing and, and, you know, on Facebook groups and stuff like that, you know? (laughs) Oh yeah. I, I spend a lot of time just giving like free advice in Facebook groups. Um, and it's, it's heartbreaking some of the things I see and I really try and help as many people as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, but the fact like that people think like I see, Oh, I was bad. I ate a donut today. My whole day is ruined. And I'm like, no, I'm like, no, like it's okay to eat a donut. Donuts are awesome. You Mm -hmm. have a donut on your logo. I love that. Love it. Um, but you know, people just have this misconception of like good and bad foods and like, they need to cut out everything they love. And then what that does is just lead them to overeating those foods. Cause they're going to eat them. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of time. And then when they do, it's like game over, you know what I mean? It's like, ah, like they just, they can't help and, and I just wish that I'm sorry. I think I just cut you off. No, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm like on fire right yeah. now. Um, but, you know, I think it, it is just like, it, it's so heartbreaking to me um, that people feel so badly for eating foods that aren't quote unquote clean. Um, I hate that term. Um, I, I want people to see that all foods like really can truly fit in moderation and that by cutting them out, it's not going to do any good for you. And no. It's just so frustrating. I don't, I don't know. I, I've done the Facebook groups thing, but I, I just end up getting upset because yes. <laughs> there will be some people that like will actually listen to our potentially unsolicited advice. But then there's gonna be people who are like, we'll just tunnel vision and like we are wrong and they're right, no matter what oh. we say. And yeah. I I can't like I don't have the mental capacity in my life right now to like argue with people on the internet about stuff. If they come to my content and argue, I'm game because right. that just boosts my algorithm, helps me. But the <laughs> Facebook group thing, like I've gotten booted from groups for saying certain things. And like, if you don't want help, I, I can't help. Like that's at the end of the day, that's kind of how I look at it sometimes is people, some people just, they don't want to hear it because oh, they yeah. have whatever they want in their mind is, is the truth. And whatever we say means nothing. So I'm like, okay, well, if you want to live, struggle, go through it. I'm here if you ever want actual like advice. Oh yeah, no. And and there are people that will try and like say like, oh, you're wrong. And like, there are bad foods and and I just don't even respond. I'm like, no. okay. I'm like, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Clearly. Clearly, um, yeah. Clearly. But so like going back to tracking though, and yeah. I do get a little aggravated sometimes when I I feel like there's this whole and I hope it's okay that I bring this up but this whole like anti-tracking movement or Mm. like you know that it's like it's so um compulsive and like disordered and all that stuff and I feel like a lot of the people that say these things you know and I mean a a lot of dietitians say these things and it's a little frustrating to me because these people have gone and studied food for how many years probably have tracked themselves and people who have like done bodybuilding competitions and blah, 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 all, you know, anyone who's speaking against tracking, who has so much knowledge around portion sizes, what they eat and stuff like that. Mm. I'm kind of like, it kind of bothers me a little bit, a lot of it actually, you know, and 
I feel like the ultimate goal would be to not have to track John, like eventually mm -hmm. for someone who just has no freaking idea what they're eating, what portion sizes are, how to read a label, all that stuff. I think that tracking is so, it's so good. And you can do it for like, you could get a food scale for what, 10 bucks mm -hmm. on Amazon, download my fitness pal for free mm -hmm. and truly teach yourself how to eat. And what works best for you? It's education. Like, I think it's incredibly frustrating because you think that these people who, who've been there, done that almost like, do you understand that calories exist no matter what we feel about them? It's literally just, that's the scientific fact that they exist. It's the same they thing. Do. Like, I love to talk, I love the analogy when it comes to money and calories, because oh, yeah. most of the money that we spend is invisible. It doesn't exist in our hands all the time. Food does. And the calories do. If you're trying to pay down debt, you're paying attention to the dollars you're spending, or you're trying to put some aside so you don't spend it all. If you're trying yeah. to lose body fat, how are you going to know if you're going to be on your way to do that goal if you if you if you're unaware of how much you're eating? Like that to me, that's the bottom line. It's it's literally that's all I start with. If someone was to like tell me that not to track or whatever, I'm like, you need to know the data because if you don't, you're going to spend double, triple, quadruple the time guessing and being yep. frustrated and give up. If you went to a financial advisor to save up for a house or, or to cut down your debt, they're going to tell you to track your spending and your income. But that's okay. But that's fine. But why is it not okay for food? You know what I mean? Like it's food is emotional ties, but so does money. And people can never oh. tell me that money doesn't have emotional ties. So it's like, why do we have this kind of like disorder thing about tracking food, but there's no disorder thing about tracking our spending? No, it's, yeah. it's, it's a good point, really. So like, that's, you know, something that I wanted to bring up, because it, it just, it kind of just, I'm just like, you know what, that's, that's not right. You know, and there are people who probably shouldn't be tracking, like if they do have mm -hmm. some kind of eating disorder, of course, but for like, most people, I mean, it's a heck of a lot better than doing something like Weight Watchers or keto or whatever other mm. kind of fad. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, whatever other fad diet there is out there, yeah. um, where nothing is off limits, you can literally eat anything you want. Granted, I would like someone to have like a good amount of protein within mm. their calories, but I mean, it's, I think that tracking is awesome. Yeah. It's, I call it structured flexibility. Yeah. You, you can eat, you can like, if you can have a donut today and you can have a donut tomorrow, but you know, you want to have some proteins, you want to have fruits and vegetables. And I, I like that you brought up earlier that I didn't touch on is like, whatever coach you're working with, whether it's me or Brooke or someone else, and we want you to track your calories, we don't want you to track forever. Like, no. I don't have to track my calories forever. Like if I'm in a specific fat loss phase and I, I need to dial in my numbers, then yeah. But I've used my fitness pal off and on for a long time now. I think it's been like a decade or like mm -hmm. I can look at a plate of food and I can pretty much guess the calories and protein that's on it. And that's what I want for people. But that doesn't happen through meal plans or restrictive <laughs> diets or just out of the blue, you have to build the knowledge and education of like, how many ounces is that plate of chicken? And how many calories is that? It's almost like a test. Yep. Once you can kind of build that stuff up. And that's where like the whole intuitive eating thing comes into play. Like you, you can't intuitively eat until you have the education behind what you're eating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like this woman was talking to me the other day about that. She's like, you know, I think I want to work with you because like, I've been intuitively eating and I just keep gaining weight. And I'm like, Oh, like, yes, I've worked with a lot of people who have, but I think also too, that the intuitive eating, um, message gets a little misconstrued away mm -hmm. from like what it was actually like meant for. And I'm not by any means an intuitive eating dietitian. I don't fully understand like all the different steps and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but I think that again, like sometimes that people misconstrue that and it's not really just like eat whatever you want, whatever you want, however much you want. Like, I think it's, a, there's a lot more to it. Yeah. Um, but I think that some, someone who maybe comes across like an Instagram reel where someone's promoting it and maybe, you know, they misconstrue what that means. Cause it, it's really hard to listen to your body when your body is like kind of all messed up and you know, you've been, 
I don't know what the word would be. I mean, I guess it's like confused. I mean, being bombarded with all the different horrible like things out there, the information yeah. that's out there. So, um, yeah. I, but I think in, intuitive eating also was never made for weight loss. No, that, that not whole, at all. No. So that's where people were using that to lose weight. Like it's, that's, that's not it. Like no. that's not the way to do it. And the other thing, since we're on the topic of like Instagram and stuff, something that I've, I've become more and more kind of aware of, and I still, I've still, I haven't, I don't think I've done it in over three years and I won't anymore is a, what do I eat in a day post? Ooh, I hate those. <laughs> <laughs> I actually made a reel about it the other day and did I you? got like, yeah, I did. Um, I was just like, what I eat in the day as a registered dietitian. I was like, these reels are stupid, like nice. blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, cause everyone is different. They have different, you know, tastes, they have different needs. Like how is me showing you what I eat going to help you? It's well, they're going like, to copy what you eat. Don't know. Isn't that the secret to success? No. Hmm. I mean, it, but it's just, it's silly to me. And so I will never do one of those posts. And I'm glad that you brought that up. No. Yeah. It's there. It's they're as arbitrary to me as those like swipe workouts where it's like, do these ab exercises. And I'm like, but why, what is the reason, right? What is, so like the, what I eat in the day is become like, let me flex for you or show you how lean I am and then show you all the foods I could eat at this body. But what they don't tell you is that they've been doing this for 10 plus years and they've struggled for six of them. And maybe they had an eating disorder and maybe they faced this and you know what I mean? So there's, but you can't pack that into a 30 second reel or six, right? You, you, no. you just give people the face value of like, oh, so this person's lean, they have a big butt, but they can eat, you know, sugar and they can have this and that. And they're like, okay, I'm going to do what they're doing. Yep. And then, then we go back to the beginning of this conversation of like, people are just, they're confused because if they get 10 different messages on any given day and 10 messages will happen in the span of like five minutes now on Instagram. So it's like, oh, what do they even do next? No, I know. And I think that, and I know that people have, you know, they may hesitate to pay money to work with a coach, but I think that it's probably like one of the best investments that someone can make to like truly like, yes, you are going to have to spend money to do that, but you are going to get so much benefit for the rest of your life after working with this person, if they're a good coach mm -hmm. and there's so many great ones and there's so many maybe not so great ones, yeah. but you know, like, I think that it's such an important investment to make into yourself rather than like spending all these money, like this money on like, you know, different, like, I mean, the scary detox crap I see on TikTok yeah. or like whatever pills, whatever snake oil, like whatever BS, you know what I mean? Or you could like pay for Noom. And like, I've heard that that's like very robotic and, or whatever other programs out there that are like yeah. total crap. You know what I mean? I just, I think that it's such a great investment. Um, and I wish that people would see the value in that. And I always tell people when they sign up, sign up to work with me, I'm like, I'm really proud of you for making this investment in your health and in your future. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's, it's huge. Like that's a huge thing to do. And I think it's awesome when people do that and they see the value in working with someone like us. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And it's, it's so much more than weight loss too, right? Like if someone works with me for three months or six months, like I want to set them up, you said it before is set them up so they can live healthily yeah. eat without tracking or, you know, stop guilting yourself into, into food and you don't have to worry about doing six hours a week of cardio or whatever else it might be, but it's, it's us helping guide them. But at the end of the day, and I have to always say this is you still have to do the work. Like that's the key here. Yeah. The coach will not do the work for you. We will push you when we can, we will guide you. We'll give you the layout. We'll give you the blueprint, but you still got to do it. Right. So swiping all day long, following swipe workouts and following what I eat in a day posts, you can do that for a while, or you can hop on a plan that's made for you, but you still got to do the work. That's, that's the key. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's my disclaimer for coaching. I was going to say something. I forget what it is now. I think it was about red flags about coaches, but now I don't remember what. So, Oh, that's what I had. So I had a client join me recently yeah. and she was a part of Noom. And she quickly quit Noom because they had her at 1,200 calories. I she, think everyone she, gets put on 1,200. She's, I'm over, sorry to cut she's you over 200 pounds and they want her to have 1,200 calories. And I was like, no. first thing I said to her, I'm like, we're going to have you eating more guaranteed. Like, this is, that's bullshit. 
I, and I, and it's, I feel so bad for people. Cause like, she's tried every other thing under the book. She's sure. tried everything. And it was like, Noom is the hot thing or whatever. And I'm like, that's not it. Like we need to eat, you have to eat more calories. And like I set up her calories today. She's, she's going to be starting eating more. She tried that. She tried, she's spending hundreds of dollars a month on supplements. And I'm like, I said, no, no disrespect to you, but 90% of those things you just listed are bullshit. Like yep. they've sold you into crap. I'm like, I'll recommend like three things. Whey protein, vitamin D, especially for those of us who don't get sun year round. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some omega threes and potentially creatine monohydrate for some, but not, not necessarily for everyone. And that's it. Like everything else, I don't know about your thoughts, Brooke, but everything else to me is like, don't even waste your money. Oh no. I, I completely agree. I see it all the time, like in, in different groups or whatever, like all these different things that people recommend. They're always asking like, oh, like what pre-workout should I take and all that? I'm like, dude, how's your sleep? Yeah. How are you sleeping? And also coffee is fine. I think personally, but you know, whatever. Um, but you know, and that's something that I really enjoy doing too, is like, when I see people are like, I can't stop snacking. What are some healthy snacks? I'm like, eat more freaking protein and maybe eat more throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So you're not so snacky at night. I'm like, let's look at the root cause here. And they're like, Oh, I'm like, yeah. Have more than have more than one egg and a small cup of yogurt for breakfast. God, when I see the things people eat, I'm like, no wonder you're freaking hungry at night. My 17 month old can eat two eggs in one sitting. So if you're a 35 year old woman, you need to eat more than two eggs in one sitting. And this is like, Brooke and I, we're not like, we're not mad at you. We're not trying to be dicks, but like we're frustrated because we know everyone can be doing better. (laughs) That's why we get so like amped up because it, it, it can be so much better for everyone out there. If you have no energy throughout the day, eat a full breakfast. Like eat up, and I'm not talking about go to a buffet or anything, but like if you look at your plate and your plate's not even full, whether it's with fruits or proteins or starch, whatever, eat more food. And and simply put, like just have more at breakfast, have more of what you're already eating, you will notice a difference right away. Oh yeah. And John, I'm sure that you notice with you know people that you work with when they are tracking that you'll see their protein and you're just like, like they're just not eating enough protein. So I, that's like something that I always like emphasize, like right off the bat, I'm like, we got to get your protein up because that's going to help them feel more full. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, I always like to kind of like when people ask questions and things like that, I want to get a little bit deeper and see like, okay, like what's really going on. So I feel like that's a lot of what our job entails as well. Yeah. And And you bring up a great point. Like anyone who doesn't know what coaching is, it's much more than just giving you a workout program and, and telling you how to eat like we have to dig in like we have to know what's going on are you stressed are you sleeping like do you have a vacation coming up do you have like what's your work hours like like when you when you start when someone uh wants to sign up with you Brooke like how do you kind of you take them through a phone call you take them through a consultation you do both you just like dig into what's going on yeah I will have them fill out my application and then we'll jump on the phone and a zoom call like this Mm -hmm. um and you know I'll just ask them like some questions about like, you know, I, I want to know like, yeah, what their work schedule is like, how they sleep. I want to know like, you know, how they've been generally eating throughout the day. Like, I want to know their consistency, like what they feel they're struggling with. Um, and we kind of go back and forth and see if like, we'd be a good fit to work together and stuff like that. But I kind of want to just get a general idea of like where they feel that they're struggling most. Um, I hope that answers your question. 100%. Um, yeah, you meet but, them where they're at. Oh, yeah. I mean, and like, not everyone wants to track at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally am open to doing more behavioral approaches with people to start off with. But I mean, ideally, I would like most people to track, yeah. like if they are willing and able, um, just because I think that there's so much that comes with that. Um, but yeah, it really is a matter of meeting someone where they're at. and making sure that they understand not to take on too much at once. I will have people focus on max, like three things at a time. Mm -hmm. And then once that becomes easier, we can always build on that. But I think that people tend to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go hard. I'm going to do like 9 million things at once. And I'm going to change my entire life or like whatever 75 hard is and stuff. I've had people who have like done that. And I'm like, oh my God, but that's like the mentality, you know, it's like all or nothing, all or nothing, which Mm -hmm. I feel like we're constantly fighting against. Um, 
but I think people need to set themselves up for success and not feel overwhelmed by just keeping it simple. Mm-hmm. And then as things start to feel more habitual, build on that from there yeah. and increase the intensity. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't have to overhaul your entire life just to, just to, you know, get in shape. You want to, you want to keep the habits going and that's what you're alluding to. Like with Brooke, it sounds like you're starting with protein. You're starting with walking, maybe sleep yes. or hydration is probably another big one, depending on the person. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be like clean out your cupboards and do all this other crazy shit. Like that's not that's not what long-term fitness is. That's what like Instagram fitness is. It's like the extreme of like, yeah, this person's going, that's not it. Any client I've seen the most success with me, it's consistency. It's the boring stuff. And I tell people all the time, like fitness and on the, on the whole, like the journey's boring. The results are amazing, but the journey's boring because it's supposed to be. Do you get yep. excited to wake up every morning and like brush your teeth and do your hair or do it? Not really, but you just do it. Okay. Well, fitness, like you excited to eat protein every morning. Well, maybe you are. And that's cool. I'm not. (laughs) It's just, it's breakfast and and workouts. Sometimes they suck. Sometimes I feel like the Hulk. It is what it is. They just, they're workouts, right? Yep. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of like you're saying, it's kind of like doing the same stuff constantly, consistently keep doing those simple things. And then in time, you're going to get where you want to go. And then too, I guess once you get you know, once you continue down the path, maybe your goals shift a little bit. Maybe you're mm. like, oh, like I really, you know, I really am enjoying like getting really strong in the gym. Maybe your goals shift completely. Like who knows? Yeah. But I mean, I think that, I think that a lot of what I do with people is kind of just trying to get them to shift their mindset. Um, trying to get them to feel, what am I trying to say? Like, I don't know see things a different way, try and simplify things and just help them understand that the only true failure is when they just throw in the towel completely. And I always ask them when they check in is like what they're proud of this week. I want to know one thing that they're proud of. Small wins add up, small wins add up. And I think people overlook them because they're like, if they didn't lose two pounds this week, like it wasn't a good week. And like, no, like if you hit your protein target, that's a huge win. Like that's big. Cause that stuff, it might, you don't feel it in the moment. There's no instant gratification from it, but over time, like the compounding effect from getting your protein in every day or hitting your calories every day, like that's what's going to provide the result you want to see at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. When it comes to, when it comes to, there's one of two topics is either someone who has a history of yo-yo dieting or the all or nothing, I guess we can call it too. Yeah. How do you, how do you get them to shift into being okay with a more flexible approach when they're usually stuck in that, like kind of good food, bad food, clean, dirty mind? I mean, it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that again, like tracking when they see that, like, as long as like, for me, like I said, like they're getting adequate protein and then they start to fit in like, Ooh, carbs a lot of people are like terrified of eating carbs and like, it's heartbreaking. It is, but I understand because of, again, all the crappy information that's out there. Um, I actually saw a doctor say that vegetables are like, their vegetables are bad for people. Like I've been seeing that a lot recently and I'm just like, huh? Yeah. But anyway, (laughs) I digress. I digress. Um, you know, I guess like, you know, when we can help someone, learn how to balance out their place that we they understand like oh like carbs like oh I can eat them and like they give me energy and like I feel awesome when I eat them um yeah and it's a matter of just them understanding that um as long as we can find like a good balance for them I think that like I don't know the the tracking really helps people kind of see that like it's okay and like nothing is off limits and like yes it it does take time and some people are a little apprehensive at first or a lot apprehensive at first but in time I think there's nothing better John than when someone truly feels okay eating those foods that they were afraid to eat before it's the best feeling no better feeling I went to my kid's birthday party I had cake I was able to enjoy myself on vacation and not feel bad afterwards, you know, things like that. I was able to go on date night with my husband and like, I haven't felt good about doing that. I haven't eaten pasta in months and I was able to eat pasta and I still hit my targets. Yes. You know, like 
those are all awesome things. Mm -hmm. And they're overlooked because again, that's not instant gratification on the scale or with photos, but like as a lifestyle, you can, you have more energy. I think a client said a few weeks ago, she, she came in wanting to do more of a low carb, higher fat, because I think she said she had, I think it's, she had Crohn's and like, okay, we'll, 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 we'll go. And yeah. like, it was two weeks in, like she was tracking and I was looking at her, my fitness pal diary and she was eating more carbs than she planned to. And I was like, I told her in her feedback, I'm like, like, how are you feeling? Like, cause I'd like to run with this right now. Cause if you're feeling good, keep it up because you need the carbs. She's doing a duathlon in the summer. Mm-hmm. And then a check-in form a couple of weeks later, she's like, yeah, this is the best I've ever felt. I have so much energy and I'm oh. eating carbs. I'm like, this is amazing because she was told she had to eat low carb, but she's also running and biking and weight training. And she's on her feet all the day, all day working. Like you need the energy, like having a, a diet that's 80% fat is not going to help you feel good in the slightest. Like I, 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 I don't apologize. It's true for, for uh-huh. 90% of people out there, carbohydrates are your friend. They're not your enemy. Eating too much of them in one sitting can be your enemy if you let it, because people say, Hey, like carbs, you know, I feel bad when I eat them. And it's usually just because they eat too much. Well, eating too much of anything will kind of make you feel like, that too. you know, yeah. um, but yes, carbs are our friends and they are delicious. Eat your carbs, please. <laughs> well, the thing too, is like, they're so, they are easier to overeat. Yes. Like I'll never, I'll never, unless I go to like a Brazilian steakhouse, like I'm not going to get overly full on like steak or chicken because mm-hmm. it's like, I'll have my portion. I'm good. But like, I can sit there and eat like two bowls of pasta, no problem. Or like my grandmother's lasagna, but like, that's not, doesn't mean that lasagna is bad because I feel full and bloated after it's because I had probably a thousand calories worth of pasta in one sitting, which no matter where that thousand calories is coming from sitting down and eating that much in one sitting, you're going to feel bad regardless of where it comes from. If it's fat, protein, carbs, doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. We got uh, five minutes left or so, Brooke. I'd love to hear I I like to ask for golden nuggets from guests at the end of the podcast. So anything you could drop for the audience and you dropped a lot of gems already today. If you have anything else you'd love to, to leave the audience with on this podcast, I'd love to hear it. Yes. So my golden nugget would be something is always better than nothing. So, and this is something that I stress with everybody. I say it in my content a lot because I feel like, again, it's that all or nothing thing. It's like, well, if your day is like really crappy, or maybe you don't have the full 30 minutes for your workout, maybe you only have 10 or whatever, like always remember that doing something is going to be better than nothing. And when you feel like nothing is going right or whatever, remember what your big rocks or your anchors or whatever you want to call them are. Remember to move when you can, remember to stay hydrated, get protein and most of your meals, try and get some vegetables, get some fruit, you know, try and get enough sleep. So that, that would be my golden nugget. I love it. Thanks for that, Brooke. For anyone who doesn't know how to reach you, this is shameless plug time podcast. Where can they, where can they find you, Brooke? Um, you can find me on Facebook, Brooke Rosenfeld on Facebook, um, and also on Instagram, well balanced with Brooke. I love it. Thank you again so much for taking the time always love chatting with you. It was nice to finally kind of sit and have a full discussion. Um, we'll probably do a part two to this later on. This I would year, love to. Sure. It was yeah. a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you, Brooke. For anyone thank listening, you, thank you for listening. Go and follow Brooke right now and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, John. Thank you. <laughs>